Welcome to the Glow Podcast with Dr. Land. Our purpose is to inspire and equip you to live a purposeful and maximized life that makes a glowing difference in your world to God's glory. For more inspiring content from Dr. Land, visit our website at www.pastorland.com and follow at Pastor Land on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Now let's listen in and be inspired. So uh, I want to continue the, uh, the second part of the series, um, which is how to pray effectively and powerfully, how to pray powerfully and effectively, whichever way you want to put it. So um, quick review, Luke chapter 11, starting from verse 1, Jesus was praying in a certain place and then his disciple asked him, teach us how to pray. One of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Just as John taught his disciples, or taught his disciples. And then he went on and taught them uh, some prayer. So we have been studying the Bible on the how of prayer. So if, because if they ask Jesus to teach them how to pray, that means they say how to prayer, because you can't teach something that has no how and the very essence of teaching is that you're trying to pass across certain precepts and principles to people so prayer has a how and um, we have to learn the how of prayer so that our prayers can be more powerful and effective and can produce great results as god promised us that prayer would so the first uh thing we looked at uh we talked about you know, if you all can remember, the first one is pray purposefully. Pray purposefully. Make sure there is a desire, there's something that that prayer is about. Not just, some, not just an exercise without any purpose. That there's a purpose to that prayer. And that purpose is usually something that you, you know, that God puts in your heart. That you, you, you know, you want, he wants sin. And it's, you know seeking for your cooperation in getting it done uh, in your life. So that's uh, how prayer is purposeful. Pray about a particular thing. And that w- that's what will let you know if there was an answer because you had a purpose. So, and I gave you some practical ways that one of the ways you do that is what is called a prayer journal, um, a prayer list, or, you know, just a list of things that, of purposes that God has buried in your heart. I gave you examples of that. Nehemiah, they told him about the broken walls of Jerusalem and then a burden was in his heart and he prayed and prayed and prayed about that. Eventually God did it through him and we still read about it up until today. You know, talk about Ezekiah, who was praying for healing and so on. So let your prayers be purposeful. Number two, I said, pray scripturally. Pray scripturally. Um, the prayers that God will answer are the prayers he has already answered in his word. We cannot receive anything outside the revealed will of God. So I can't just say, oh yeah, I just want to pray for anything. No, you got to be able to show it in the word. You have to, if you are going to be petitioning anybody, like if you want to petition a king right, or a president, you, have, you can only petition within the limit of what the constitution allows. Do you get what I'm saying? So make petitions based on what the constitution allows. So 
in the same way in the kingdom. Don't forget the kingdom. God's, God's um, realm is a kingdom too, with a king there. And some of these languages, you know, um, you see, most people are, have never lived in a kingdom. Do you get what I'm saying? But if you have lived in a kingdom before, you understand how a kingdom works. The kingdom doesn't work like a democracy. So, so it doesn't work like a democracy, yeah. So most of these terms that you see in the Bible, they are kingdom-themed kingdom, kingdom themed terms. You know, when you talk about the throne of grace, you know, when you talk about the throne, you know, I mean, I don't know if you've seen a throne before. One time we were, we were um, you know, I was already in this place, but, you know, I, you know, I would go back, you know, to Africa, you know, like I go once in a while. So we went to a particular place with a ministry, actually um, led by one of our, our board members here. She's a Caucasian woman. So we went to a place called Badagri in Lagos. So Badagri is, is a kingdom. The eagle, I'm saying, is a kingdom. And where the reason why we're going there was because they wanted to build this, a school. Their ministry wanted to build a school and a hospital in the place so we had to go there to request land of the king <laughs> okay wow. because the king can give you a land that's the way it works the king owns you know owns the realm so you can just say take this land so we had to go so when we got there they told us before we we came in front i actually have pictures of it on facebook they came to us that before we get to the king this is how you must behave that when you get there all of you you will go down you know, and you will say certain things. <laughs> and then, when the king comes, you know, when the king stands up, everybody must stand up. <laughs> and they just gave us the protocol. You know, so they gave us the protocol. So when we all got there, we all had to follow the protocol. And then we now stood in front of the king, all of us stood in front of the king, that we have come to request the land. And then the king looked and he said, okay. And he said that he was going to give the land. <laughs> so, that a lot of those things are in scriptures like kingdom the way kingdom works you see it a lot in the in the bible there so so that that's an example and there, you know there are some other um uh, you know some other examples of how petitions are made in the you know to kings and in the kingdom so 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 that's what god is talking about here there are always protocols you know if you go to england which is a kingdom the united kingdom if you want to get into the, if you want to talk to the king, there are certain things you must not speak to the king. Eh, what? The queen, I mean, yeah. the queen. Yeah, the queen. No, the king, the queen. Yeah, you must not speak to the queen, except she first speaks to you. Yes, and then there are ways you enter. You know, they are. They just have a whole, you know, set of protocol for you to be able to interact with the queen. There, if you break the protocol, you are not going to get in there. So, so that's the language of, you know, the Bible when it comes to prayer. Now, there's an aspect, there's an aspect of prayer that has to do with relationships, right? With just being a, being a child of God. Do you get what I'm saying? That removes all those, you know, a lot of all those things. But there's another aspect of prayer, which is legal. And you know the reason why God puts a lot of legal things in the Bible? You guys you should guess it. Why God... There are two aspects to the to the redemption of God for us. There's the aspect of just relationship as children, but there's another aspect that is legal. Who can guess why he put the legal one there? Because of the outlaw, the devil. 
The devil will contest, contest stuff. And, you know, because the devil will contest, you have to present a legal argument to him. Do you get what I'm saying? You have to be able to provide your reason, you understand, to the devil and say, this is the reason why this is mine. Because he's, a, you know, read the story of Job and all that. He's an outlaw. He's always trying to get into that thing. So that's why God, you see those two streams in the Bible of relationship and legal stuff. All our, everything, our righteousness. You must have a legal reason to tell the devil that you are righteous. Because the devil will use your failures to tell you that you are not righteous. And so you have to present the law to him and say, uh-uh. somebody went, died. Who was righteous? Who became my righteousness? Shed, shed his blood and he gave me the righteousness legally. Can you see it in the book of Romans? That's how you shut his mouth. But if you just tell him, oh, but you know, I'm a, I'm a child of God. I, I have a, you know, the presence of God is with me. You know, even you yourself, you're not, you're not going to have something solid to be able to deal with that. So that's why God, God did the relational. When it comes to God as a father, we, 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 we fellowship with him. He has, the, 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 the veil of the temple has been torn apart. We can get into his presence and do all that. But there's an other aspect because you are in this earth that respects jurisdictions, you are in a earth that respects authority, and there is a God of this world that the only way you can deal with him is using authority. You know, and that's why we need to learn both those two sides of, uh, of prayer and you know, de- dealing with God, both the legal side. That's why it's called the judge of all the earth. The judge. Even though his father is also what? The judge. <laughs> Who is it that condemns? And that's why Jesus is our intercessor making intercession for us, or our advocate. Another word for advocate is lawyer. You understand? The one that speaks on behalf of somebody. So the legal and the, the relational side is, extra, is very important. So let me wrap it up um, this week by going further. So we talked about praying scripturally, praying fervently, be on fire. Be on fire. Praying persistently. You know, it was not quitting because you did not get an answer immediately. But just standing there, as long as you are founded in the word of God, uh, and there's a need, there's a need for it, don't quit. Just stay in there thanking God. Depending on the type of prayer you are praying, some prayers you have to keep repeating and repeating and repeating. You know, not because God did not hear you, but because you are getting to the point of faith concerning it, you know, and also because it is just, you know, it's just good. It's just good practice for you to keep repeating the word of God and repeating the prayer. So, I want to go further today. Hopefully, I'll be able to cover the remainder one. The next one is pray boldly. Everybody say pray boldly. Pray boldly. Pray boldly. Pray boldly. Pray boldly. Hebrews chapter four and verse sixteen. Hebrews 4 and verse 16 tells us, um, actually, if we start from verse, yeah, very good. Start from verse 15. It says, from verse 14, it says, So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses. 
for he faced all of the same testings we do. Yet he did not sin. So, everybody, let's read verse 16 together. One, two, let's go. So, let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it the most. Let us come boldly. Everybody say boldly. Someone say boldly. Boldly. You know, some people have taught, you know, you know, that when you want to go into the presence of God, you should go crawling. Oh, Father, just have mercy on me. I'm just a little warm and all that. You know what I'm saying? No, that's not, it's not, that's not the New Testament. In the New Testament, God wants us to come boldly as a son. I don't, I mean, those of, those of you that are parents and all that, you know it, that if your child comes into the room and is crawling and is, oh, I know I'm not worthy, daddy. I know, but if you could just, you know, and then crying and worry, like, God, help. You know, you want to pray for the child. Like, <laughs> like God, help me. What have I done wrong? <laughs> what have I done wrong? Do you get what I'm saying? But if the child comes, not, now, boldly does not mean arrogantly. You understand? There is not, you know, it's even between boldness and arrogance. Arrogance is pride. Boldness is a different thing. Boldness is you are coming, you understand, reasonably. Let us, you know, come, let us reason together. That's what God says. Though your sin be as scarlet. You are coming reasonably. Father, I'm coming to you, not based on any, um, any qualification of mine, but based on the only qualification that I have to stand in your presence, which is the shed blood of your son, Jesus. That's why I come. And I come because of your invitation. Now, I've come to, to, to speak to you about a promise or a word that you gave. And I know that you are faithful to your promises. You said this concerning this situation. But as I look into my life, I see that what I see in my life is different from what you said. So, Lord, I'm just calling to you today to ask you to fulfill this word in my life. Or to teach me what I need to know so that this word can be real in my life. Do you get what I'm saying? So I'm not crawling. I'm, not, I'm, I'm, I'm coming boldly. Do you get what I'm saying? So this is also the legal aspect of it. Because if you go to court, do you get what I'm saying? You go to court and you, you come before the judge in court. And then you come arrogantly. You have, you'll be, you, there will be contempt of court. If you come crawling. Like just crawling, like I'm not worried. You're already pronouncing yourself guilty. You know, it probably go against you. But if you come, you understand, you come with what you have. I've had to stand before the judge a few times, you know. Uh, I mean, I think two times. Two times I've had to stand before the judge for myself on traffic stuff. You know, <laughs> the, first, the first one was, you know, long time ago. But what I did, I felt that the policeman was unjust, but I didn't argue with him. Because it was coming from the other side. I was coming from this side. It was the Zion, you know, on my way to Zion, Illinois. I would turn up, you know, one road, the Lani Road and all that. So I was about, the guy just came from the other side and came and stopped me. So I collected a ticket. Okay? No argument. And that's why I tell young, you know, just take it. There's a, way, there's a place to fight. That's not the place to fight. So on the day of the court, I drew the road. I drew everything. I drew how it was coming. I do it, and I took it to the, to the thing. So I stood before the judge, and the, the police officer stood on the other side. And I told the judge, I said, I don't believe that he had the accurate, my accurate speed. 
I said, because I am going this way. You are coming this way. You went far and then you turned back and all that. I drew everything. I stood before the judge. And the judge looked and looked at the officer and looked at me. And she's like, but I don't think the officer will lie. The guy says, but I, but I don't think the officer will lie. Yeah, but I said, you know, this is it. So he said, okay, you know what? Let me check your driving history. So told somebody they checked it and he said, you have good driving history. You, you can go. <laughs> this is what I said. Yeah, you can go. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that was the first one. The second one was last, was it 2020? I was dropping Pearl off at school. Okay. So this one, I was guilty. Do you get what I'm saying? I was guilty of this one. But you know, there's a difference between guilty, being guilty, and being acquitted. If you understand the law. All of us are guilty of sin. But we are righteous. You know, there's a difference between being innocent and being acquitted. Do you get what I'm saying? There are a lot of guilty people that have been acquitted. Just based on the law. You understand? So it's not just innocence. So I was guilty in the sense that, but it was, it was not like I, I was trying to do bad. I was dropping off at school, and there's an alley, a short alley, that if I go through the alley, I get to the school faster. Do you get what I'm saying? <laughs> so as I went through the alley, and I, <laughs> and I just thought, I just saw the police officer waiting for me. <laughs> then he stops me, and he's like, you are not, can't, you see the sign? there that says whatever i did not see the sign but i knew i was guilty okay so he gave me the ticket and everything like that so eventually i had to go to court the pandemic they kept on postponing 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 then i was supposed to do a zoom meet a zoom a zoom court thing and i forgot i was on a retreat so i forgot to join the court i joined late i joined late so the judge is like mr joala you are late So we have to we have to postpone this. Okay, all right, so postpone it. So then the day came that I was supposed to stand before the judge. So, so I was ready. I was ready to tell the judge also. I, I knew whichever way I'm gonna go, I will not say I'm guilty because Christ has paid my guilt. <laughs> <laughs> so, I will not plead for mercy <laughs> because I know the power of mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. <laughs> oh, I will argue my case. So I stood before it was Zoom. The, the lawyer, the lawyer on Zoom, the, the judge on Zoom, and I on uh, I in the court. So I stand in there, Mister Ijuola, and all that. So, so the, this and this and that. So the what do you call it? The the police officer was not present. So he just said, you know, the the the, the the, the, the judge just said, Mr. Ijiwala, your, your, what do you call it? Your ticket has been, I say, vacated or has been taken away. Do you have anything to say? Oh. <laughs> so, do you have, so do you have anything to say? Because he said it, I didn't hear. I was like, I was about to make my argument and all that. He's like, so, do, so do you have any, do you want to make any speech? I just oh. said, no, no, I don't need to make any speech. <laughs> I just said, thank you. And I left. <laughs> but anyways, those examples, you know, I, I, they're funny. But it tells us that many times we stand in the court of the universe. You understand? God is the judge of all the earth. We, we need to know how to approach, you know, these things. You have to know your right. Do you get what I mean? Even when you are guilty, you know, even when you are guilty, there's a provision for guilt. That's what Leviticus and all that is about. 
there's a provision for it. When you, you have to get into the law to get, you know, to do it. There's a lot of legal part to prayer. Okay. Did you guys get that? <laughs> so pray boldly. Everybody say pray boldly. Pray boldly. Go through the blood of Jesus. You are not approaching the throne because of your own, you know, privileges. Or even because you are, you are not guilty. You are approaching it based on the righteousness of God. That's why it's not your own righteousness. Is the righteousness of God in what? In Christ Jesus. Do you get it? So I, I learned that ago. I read it from someone. He said, anytime I go into the presence of God, the first thing I say is, Lord, Lord, I'm not coming based on any merit of mine, but I've come to you based on the merit of the blood of Jesus. And that is why I come to ask this thing. God listens to our prayers when we come boldly based on a high priest, based on his blood. Do you guys get that? Yeah. So pray boldly. Pray boldly. The next one. The next one for today, for this last session, pray communally. Communally. How do you pronounce that? Pray in community. Pray communally. Pray together. Pray together. That's another aspect of prayer. There is something powerful about, about a righteous person praying alone. But according to the Bible, there's even something more powerful when the righteous people come together and pray about stuff. Pray in community. Let's look at um, the book of Matthew chapter, uh, Matthew chapter 18. Matthew 18, starting from verse 18. Matthew 18, starting from verse 18. It says, Matthew 18, 18, says, I tell you the truth, I tell you the truth, whatever you forbid. Now, the word you in this place is the plural you. Do you get what I'm saying? It's the plural you, not just singular. So he was talking, you understand, what, to, to collectively. Whatever you forbid on the earth will be forbidden in heaven. And whatever you permit on the earth will be permitted. Actually, the correct translation, uh, probably if you click it, is whatever has been forbidden on the uh, oh, oh, no. maybe in another place you'll get it in there but it basically in you know the way it's phrased in the greek uh, some translation will, will put it uh more so like whatever you forbid on that must is whatever sorry must be whatever has been forbidden in heaven and whatever you permit on whatever has been permitted in heaven you can go study that a little bit more because the beginning of the forbidden and the end of the permission is from heaven we are the one cooperating with heaven do you get what i'm saying heaven is not the one being forced to do what, you know, what we say to be done. So, yeah, so, so basically that, that's what that place is saying. So, but anyway, so I tell you the truth. Whatever you forbid on earth, we forbid in heaven. Whatever you permit on earth, we permit in heaven. Which I'm going. I also tell you this. That's in addition to that. If two of you agree, agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven we do it for you. Verse 20. For where two or three gather together as my followers, I am there amongst them. I am there. Amen. So this is not the only passage that talks about, you know, like praying together and all that. There are other ones, Acts chapter 4 and so on. There is something about when believers kingdom citizens decide that they are going to pray about an issue 
and they come together in agreement. What does agreement mean there? The word used for agreement there, you know, it's like a, a musical term. It has to do with making a symphony, making, like creating harmony. Like when you're singing a song, the way you have harmony and you have symphony, if you look at the amplified version of it, amplified classic of it, um, you will see of that um, uh, Matthew chapter 18, verse 19, it talks about making a symphony, like just everybody just, just coming to a particular agreement on something or coming to a particular unity on what we want to get happen. God says that it's powerful. He said, again, I tell you, the Amplified class, if two of you are not harmonized together, make a symphony together about whatever. In fact, yeah, very good. The first one I was talking about, whatever they ask you to become, the first one there says, I tell you, whatever you forbid and declare to be improper and unlawful on earth must be what is already forbidden in heaven. And whatever you permit and declare proper and lawful, there must be what is already permitted in heaven. That's what I was trying to say. Do you get what I'm saying? And again, I tell you, if you make a symphony, if you agree, if you harmonize about something, he said it will come to pass. And listen, we have seen so much, uh, how do I say, a lot of, a lot of things done, you know, with this passage. Um, in marriage, in family, and in ministry. So I want you all to I want you to all to utilize this because it's part of what God gave to us. Uh, so first of all, if you are married, if you're a couple, you understand, if you're a couple, my wife and I discovered that the moment both of us agree on anything, like we have looked at our history, 21 years now, whenever we agree on anything, nothing stops it from happening. The things where we de- we have delays or whatever, we discover that are those things that we didn't come into symphony about. There's just some power about that. Married couples come together and say, this issue, I am coming to agreement with God and together, and you present it to God. Jesus said, I will ratify that agreement. That's in red, if you have a red letter Bible. That's from the mouth of Jesus, and it does not lie. It will never fail. The second place where we have seen it is when a family gathers together. So our, nu- our extended family, apart from our nuclear family, we pray together in agreement over things. And then also our extended family, we pray monthly, both on my wife's side. And then also we, we pray, the one for my, for my own side is not monthly, but we also have, you know, we have regular prayers too. What I've discovered is that no matter what happens to anyone, sometimes I mean, we have dealt with serious, uh, what do you call it, um, life-threatening sicknesses, or what you would call terminal sicknesses, in that family group, and God healed the person. We have dealt with situations where somebody lost their job, and the next week, they got a better job that gave them better. Like, we just bring it in there, and we all stand in agreement and pray about it, and God just goes ahead and do it. We have done, you know, things like just... Get, getting together to, 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 to pray about different, different things, blockages are not, and God opens it. It's the power of agreement. That is one of the reasons why Satan always wants to create disagreement in families. It's divide and conquer. Once he can get you guys divided, then he can come in. So we need to start using it, and it's one of the purposes of family, so that we can come together and stand with one another. I want to encourage everybody here 
get your family together if you can and just regularly just everybody bring what is going on what's god doing what's going on and pray over those things there's power in it and then that also goes on beyond you know just family talking about the the the, the church family the church community we have seen god also do amazing things by us just settling on a particular thing and all of us being in agreement and walking towards it we see god moving you see the, this power of agreement we really need to to tap into it in um genesis chapter 11 genesis 11 uh you know god genesis 11 uh, let's go to genesis chapter 11. the story is told about the power of Babel. i know you guys have you know you've uh, you've um you, you know the story where you know nimrod was the leader right you know and says the whole earth was one language same word then they migrated. Then verse 3, he said to one another, come, let us break bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they had bricks for stone and bitumen for mortar. Then they said, come, let us. You see, they're saying us, 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 us. Is, you know, it's a communal thing. You know, it's, you know, it's agreement. Let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens. And let us make a name for ourselves. So their, purpose is, their purposes are wrong or their purpose is wrong. You understand? It's, it's against God's purpose less will be dispersed over the face of the whole earth which is what god really wanted so they were they were coming in agreement against god's purpose but still yet the lord came down to see the city that's an anthrop- anthropomorphic term that's what that is called in theology it's not like god came down you know, you know but it's, it's you know it's an anthropomorphic anthropomorphic term you know to give to give god a human whatever so that we can understand more as we listen those people or you know people that the thing was originally written to so the lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of man had built Move on. and the lord said behold they are look at it had built had built that's a completed term do you get what i'm saying a completed term there's a strong the agreement already was producing great results and the Lord said, behold, they are one people. That's it, one people. And they have one language. They give us one, one agreement. And this is only the beginning of what they will do. And nothing that they propose to do now will be impossible for them. Nothing. People, human beings united against the will of God. Nothing will be impossible for them. If you guys think it's impossible for Elon Musk to get people to the, to Mars and all those people, just, just all he just needs to do is to get more people in agreement. I don't know if you guys ever heard of the Manhattan Manhattan Project before, right? Or you know the what do you call it? You know going to going to the moon and all that. Once the agreement came, all the mathematical impossibility and the physics impossibility was removed completely. People were walking from everywhere. And it was done. It was done. It was done. Men, human, human beings landed on the moon. God already said there's nothing impossible for human beings to do when they come into agreement. But so the question now is: so God had to God had to introduce a factor there, which is called disagreement. Let us co- come down there and confuse their language. So God had to, you know, to change the stuff <laughs> so that they don't get it done. What I'm trying to say is this, if people agreed together, 
based on something that is not God's plans, and God said it to be successful, how much more when we come into agreement concerning what is God's plans, which has God's support? Amen. All right, so let's, let's, let's go further. So pray, come together and pray. You don't even have to be in the same place. You just have to be on the earth. That's what I say, two of you on earth or her. You know, you can, pray, you can pray in different places. There was a story of some people, they said they wanted to get some things done. So they said every 12 noon, 12 noon, no matter where everybody is, we'll pause at that time and pray about it. 12 noon every day. So people are scattered everywhere, but at 12 noon, everybody will just pause at what they are doing and they just agree about something. And they started saying miracles happening, miracles happening. Yeah, because that, that's, that's the power of the scripture. And if there's anything in your life where you may, you may be, sometimes we have difficulties in our life based on our level of faith and all the stuff that is just not, you know, because faith is like a muscle. Do you get what I'm saying? It's a muscle that is built over time. You know, faith is built. You know, faith grows according to the Bible. There's little faith, there's small faith, there's weak faith. And people are different levels of faith. So sometimes we want to do something and just like our faith level is not there. You can join with somebody else whose faith level is higher. And when you come into agreement, that thing gets done. You guys get it? All right. So next one is pray joyfully. I'm not going to spend too much time on that. Pray joyfully. Ever say pray joyfully. Pray joyfully. Pray joyfully. Pray joyfully. Philippians chapter 4 verse 6. Now when I say joyfully, it doesn't mean that when you are in prayer, sometimes you're not going to feel a burden. You're not going to feel a sorrow. You know, there's that. Do you get what I'm saying? There's that. But the, but the fact is that whenever you, you hand your prayer, always hand your prayer with a note of thanksgiving. You understand? With a note of joy. If you're not yet there, keep praying. Do you get what I'm saying? But make sure that you, 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 you hand your prayer with a note of joy, a note of thanksgiving, because it's an expression of faith. Okay? It says, um, uh, look at it. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With what? With what? With thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God. So thanksgiving is an important ingredient of prayer. It's an important ingredient of prayer. Pray from a Pray from a state of, Lord, even though I have not seen this thing, this is what your word said, and I know you are faithful to your word. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? So that's what I mean by pray joyfully. Because of time, I'm going to move forward. That is very understandable. Uh, I have two more, but I want to make sure I complete it. All right. The next one is pray <laughs> spiritually. <laughs> I say pray spiritually. Pray spiritually. Let's quickly look at it. I'll tell you what I mean. Ephesians 6, starting from verse 17. Ephesians 6 from verse 17. So, from verse 10 downwards, talking about the, what we call the, uh, what do you call the hammer, right? The, the weapons of our warfare, the, the, uh, the hammer of the believer, right? So, I was talking about that. Have you ever asked yourself, you understand, when I wear a, when I wear the hammer, right? What am I supposed to do with it? 
or how do I engage the hammer? <laughs> you understand? Because we, we talk about the hammer. Take on the belt of truth, helmet, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, you know, the shield of faith, your foot shod, you know, with the preparation of the gospel and all that. Notice that there is no defensive, you know, I'm sorry, there's no weapon for your back. Have you noticed? The Roman soldier weapon doesn't have anyone for the back. It's always in front. So don't run away. If you run away from the devil, you are in trouble. <laughs> your back, your back is not covered. <laughs> your, your safest bet is to go. Just keep going forward. <laughs> yeah, you've got nothing at the back. Okay? So just go forward. You understand? Fleeing believers, scared believers, they are mismeat. You know what mismeat is? Mismeat for the devil. <laughs> the devil, you know, the devil, devil likes believers that don't know they are right and they are running away. And that's why you see the same thing. You keep doing the same thing. But the moment you stand up and turn around and face him yeah. and engage your weapon, then it can't stop you anymore. Now, notice that of all the weapons, there's only one that is an offensive weapon there. All the other ones are defensive. They are defensive weapons. The sword of the spirit. But how do you use the sword of the spirit? Which is, you know, you know let, let me explain something to you. So in the Greek, you know, there's no punctuation and all that. All these punctuations and everything is put there by the translators to make us, you know, try and grasp it. Now, there's another translation of it. That this sword of the spirit, that this comma is not supposed to be there. It's just somebody that put it in there. And it could be what is right. But some people have read it this way that, and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God praying at all times in the spirit. The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God praying at all times in the spirit. Saying that the sword of the spirit is actually taking the word and praying in the spirit. That's one of the interpretations that people put, you know, put in there, which is not bad. Do you get what I'm saying? The, but even if you don't read it that way, even if you don't put that, you, don't, you still put the comma in there. The other interpretation is that all these weapons that you have, in a sense, and you get this word of the Spirit, which is the word of God, all these weapons are engaged in prayer. They are engaged proactively and actively by praying at all times in the Spirit. Amen. That's how you wield that thing at all times in the spirit. With all prayer and supplication. What does all prayer, all kinds? Please give me the Amplified Classic. What, what, what the Amplified does is that there's something that, you know, that, that is called semantic range of words in the Greek. So the Amplified takes a particular word and gives you all its meaning in its semantic ranges. So that's why sometimes I like to look at it. Um, so he said, it takes, oh man, this is so powerful. He said, take the helmet of salvation and the sword that the spirit wields, which is the word of God. Praying at all times, on every occasion, in every season, in the spirit, with all manner of prayer and entreaty. To that end, keep alert and watch with strong purpose and perseverance, interceding in behalf of all the saints. God's consecrated people. So, this is what is called praying in the spirit. 
praying in the spirit. Let me end by just explaining that. What is praying in the spirit? Praying in the spirit, first of all, means praying guided by the spirit. You see, there are all kinds of prayers according to that place. There are different kinds of prayers. There's a prayer of faith. There's a prayer of, of supplication. There's a prayer of agreement. There's a prayer of worship and thanksgiving. There's a prayer of consecration. There's a united prayer. There is, I mean, all kinds of prayers, just like sports. Sports is a, is a big set, but they are subsets of different kinds of sports, and they have different rules. Do you understand? They have different rules. You can't use the, the, the same, the same, the same um, rule for volleyball in soccer. You've lost. You've touched the ball with your hand. You've already lost in soccer. So the same way, prayer has different rules. And there are different prayers that are applicable to different situations. So you're about to pray about an issue. How to pray in the Spirit is this. You're about to pray about an issue and you start. When you're praying guided by the Spirit, the Spirit will tell you what you need to pray in this particular situation is not um, you know, prayer of, of commitment. For example, somebody is sick and somebody, people get there, they make the mistake, they say, oh Lord, if it be your will, heal this person. And people just keep doing the same thing as if that's the way it's supposed to be. Maybe because they saw somebody do it. And that particular one, the prayer that might be required would be for you to kneel down and begin to intercede and begin to intercede to see what needs to be done. And sometimes it's a prayer for you to command that thing, you understand, or the prayer of faith. So it's not cookie cutter for every situation. That is why we need the guidance of the spirit in prayer. You understand that this is how we should approach this situation. So that's why you don't rush into prayer when situation comes up. You understand? That's why you start to praising, worshiping God and all that. And let the spirit lead you, you understand, to watch. So that is one aspect of praying in the spirit. Praying as led and directed by the spirit. Okay? The second aspect of praying in the spirit is praying headed by the spirit. Everybody say headed by the spirit. Let me end with that. Romans 8, 26 quickly. Romans chapter 8, verse 26. Romans 8, 26. Praying headed by the spirit. The reason why we need the head of the spirit in prayer is because sometimes we don't even know what we should pray for. We don't know how we should pray as we ought. The situation just comes and like, how do I pray about this thing? The Holy Spirit comes to our head and bears up us, bears us up in our weakness. For we do not know. Everybody say we do not know. What prayer to offer. Nor how to offer it worthily as we ought. But the Spirit himself goes to meet our supplication and pleads in our behalf with unspeakable yearnings and groanings too deep for utterance. And the next verse says, And he who searches the heart of man knows what the mind of the Holy Spirit is, what his intent is, because the Spirit intercedes and pleads before God on behalf of the saint according to and in harmony with God's will. The Holy Spirit knows God's will. So it comes to our head when we don't know what to pray. So sometimes praying in the Spirit is like you are just there in your room or whatever, and you are just allowing the yearning of the Holy Spirit to flow through you in groanings, in yearnings, and then also in, 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 I'm sorry, in inarticulate speech, which we, which we talk about. We talk about praying in tongues. Let it come out of you. you know, because Paul said in 1 Corinthians, Chapter four, First Corinthians chapter fourteen. That I will, he said, I will, I will pray in, I will pray in the spirit. I will also pray in my understanding. So that means another aspect of praying in the spirit is praying in another language. First Corinthians fourteen, starting, you know, he said, for if I pray, go on to verse fourteen. He said, for if I pray, 
in an unknown tongue, my spirit by the Holy Spirit within me prays. So that's the praying in the spirit also. There's the praying in an unknown tongue. Also, it's praying in the spirit. If I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit by the Holy Spirit within me prays. But my mind is unproductive. It bears no fruit and helps nobody. Then what am I to do? I will pray with my spirit by the Holy Spirit that is within me, but I will also pray intelligently with my mind and understanding. I will sing with my spirit by the Holy Spirit that is within me, but I will sing intelligently also with my mind and understanding. And I will do both. Amen. Also. Otherwise, if you bless and render thanks with your spirit, that means it's possible for you to bless and to render thanks to God with your spirit, with a language that you do not know, thoroughly aroused by the Holy Spirit. How can anyone in the position of an outsider or he who is not gifted with interpreting of unknown tongues say the amen to your thanksgiving? Now, Paul is saying it's possible for you to do this thing in the spirit, but when you are in the congregation of the people, you are ministering to people. Like now, if I'm just talking in tongues, how are you going to say amen or, you know, to my prayers? But it's not saying where people have missed it, they think it's saying that you should never do it. What he's saying is that when you are in the congregation, rather speak a prayer in understanding that people can understand. But when you are praying, this is a tool because it goes on to say, I thank my God. He said, to, to be sure, you may give thanks well. You may give thanks well in the spirit. You may give thanks well nobly. But the bystander does not edify it. But it says, I thank my God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. All of you put together. Paul did it so much. People think he's saying people should not pray in tongues there. But he says, I pray so much that all of you, all of you that you think you pray, the whole entire Corinthian church, all of you put together, I spend more time praying in tongues more than you. Do you get it? So this is not Paul saying don't do it. What he's saying is that do it right when you are in a congregation. Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you guys get it? All right. So, and that is the end of my message. Thanks for listening to The Glow Podcast. We trust you were blessed and inspired. For more contents from Dr. Land, visit our website at www.pastorland.com and follow at Pastor Land on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Keep glowing. See you next time.